We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings Week 18. DraftKings picks, DraftKings ownership, and some props for you. Plus, a rundown of the scenarios of which teams actually have things to play for, plus player incentives. Thank you to the helpful people of Twitter for putting that all together so I didn't have to go look it up myself. Fantastic news. Smash the like button to the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, and the newsletter. Plus, in the comment section, give me your favorite sleeper play on the Week 18 slate, because we always see some absolute randos come out of nowhere. Could it be Blake Jarwin? Could it be Isaiah McKenzie? Andre Williams? Who knows? Who's going to be a Week 18 legend who wins someone a million bucks this week? Hopefully, we can snuff that out. Probably won't. Not going to lie to you. If that was the case, I would have played those guys in the past. The only one I got to is Blake Jarwin. Missed out on the two Bills guys from last year. So that was my problem, not yours. Hopefully, you can figure that out, too. I'm going to let RunTheSims.com do the heavy lifting for me this week, uh, just keeping up on all the player injuries, all the weird stuff that's going on in terms of teams sitting their guys or maybe playing them for a series or two. Uh, it's just something I don't really want to dig into, to tell you the truth. That's why I have RunTheSims.com to help me do all that stuff. And frankly, I waited till Saturday to do this show like I did a week ago, and I think that you people out there can attest didn't have a better picks week all year than week 17 uh, as I actually waited for all the injury scenarios to play itself out, the ownership to galvanize a little bit, and then we can make some proper selections. So hopefully we can be as lucky this week. Probably not, but that's just the way we're going to go. I want to suggest that everyone out there, two things. Number one, play in the giant golf one and done. It's called the Race for the Mayo Cup. You can help us out. It's a fun way to get into golf. If you're not into golf, it's 125 bucks for the year. FantasyGolfChampionships.com. You can find the link in the description. You make one pick per week once you pick that guy can't use him anymore there's 50 grand to first place there's five hundred thousand dollars in the prize pool very flat payouts it's like 50k 
35k 25k 15k 15k 10k the prize structure is something like that but it's if you finish in ninth you're not going to get screwed because the guy in first won all the money so fantasygolfchampionships.com there's about a thousand spots left right now it starts this thursday so i highly recommend you go check that out additionally prizepicks.com we're into week 18 of the mayo media prize picks pool i have the leaderboard down in the description hopefully you guys are jockeying for first place or second place and try to get those big payouts thank you for playing all year long but it does look like we're going to be running a separate contest similar to the one we did for the regular season the prizes aren't going to be as big as an 18 week season but we're going to be doing that for the playoffs i should have final details next week starting on wednesday's spread pick show with feinberg and cuss additionally the custies you can vote for now that's completely open that's down in the description as well but uh it's just go to prizepicks.com use code mmn you'll get a deposit match of up to 100 bucks and then the entry is only cost you seven dollars and 11 cents every single week and you get like a bonus 50 dollars. and there's prizes up top if you end up winning the most in the league that's how you qualify uh seven dollars and 11 cents you might as well get in on it now and try to figure out how to use the system navigate around the site we'll be good to go and that's where i'm going to start with my props this week just did a two-person play Thought it'd be pretty easy on myself this time around, and hopefully I can snuff one out for you here. I know I'm saying snuff. I think it's because I watched 8mm last night. Probably not a great movie to watch on a Friday evening when you've just regained power and it's just horribly cold out. That and watching golf. Like, watching golf was fun on Saturday or Friday evening, but, like, watching Hawaii, it's so nice out. And I looked out my window. This is not very nice out. Kind of bum me out. So I watch 8mm instead, which can only make you feel better about your everyday life. Anyway, hence the snuff stuff. Anyway, a good Joaquin Phoenix performance, by the way. Real creep in that movie. But Michael Carter is going to be the first on the plays at prize picks. He's going up against the Bills. He has passed concussion protocol. Uh, it is 35 and a half as his over under rushing yards. The Bills get built up as this great run defense. And they've been pretty good, except for when they play teams that actively try to run the ball against them. Then they're not so great. So Michael Carter almost doubled this in three carries against a far superior Bucks run defense a week ago. Uh, now that he is officially cleared to play against the Bills, I do really like the over 35 and a half. That number seems incredibly low to me. So over Michael Carter, 35 and a half. And then the Sunday night game, Justin Jackson, over 20 and a half rushing yards against a weak Raiders run defense. And Justin Jackson just continues to see work every single week. Obviously, Eckler is the better fantasy play. No one's disputing that. But when it comes to rushing yards i mean he's eclipsed this total in four straight games yes one of them was the one where eckler didn't play but in the three that eckler did play he still went over this number and this is a bad run defense we're getting with the las vegas raiders so it's not really all that much he could beat that in like two carries if he's really trying his hardest so over 20 and a half rushing yards for justin jackson in the sunday night game and then michael carter over 35 and a half rushing yards against the buffalo bills let's jump into the DraftKings slate for actually no let's run through the scenarios that's exactly what i wanted to do shout out to my guy justin freeman for this one um, let's see here. So here's the motivation. So Saturday night, we're not concerned about that because we're talking main slate here. Sunday motivation. Packers incentivized to rest. The Lions season over. I'm gambling that they're probably going to play a little bit hard. Not that you really care really what the Lions are up to, but that's just where I'm at right now. The Colts, you know, they have every incentive to go beat the crap out of the Jags. The Jags are, I mean, their season was over after week one, so it's going to be real no difference for the Jags this week. Washington and the Giants, uh, with Jake Fromm starting, uh, both their seasons are over. Ricky Seals-Jones was placed on injured 
reserve and Curtis Samuel isn't playing for the Washington football team. Heineke has some incentives that he can hit. We'll get to that in a second. Bears and Vikings both season over. I still like the Vikings my best play this week. Obviously no Justin Fields in this game, but and when we get to ownership, you're going to see one Mr. Justin Jefferson very high up on that list. Indoors, K.J. Osborne's in a really nice spot in that game, too, if you want to go with the Triple Cousin stack. Panthers, their season's over. The Buccaneers, pretty low. They're locked into a home game in the playoffs. They could you know, clinch the number two seed if things end up breaking their way. I think they're going to play their guys, though. That's a very sneaky stack spot on DraftKings this week. Patriots, you know, they can win and the Bills lose. They end up winning the division. Uh, it's always been a rough game for them against the Dolphins. I'd expect this to be somewhat low scoring, probably a lot of running from the Patriots. So Damian Harris is in a really nice spot. The Saints win and they're in if the... 49ers end up losing and the Falcons season's over. But again, it's funny that the Falcons lingered so long in the postseason race uh, for being such a crap team. <laughs> the Titans, uh, very high. They win, they get the bye. The Texans season is over. It's a really nice spot for the Titans running game here. And I think actually the Texans defense, potentially, if they can do what they did last time and jump up in this game, because they can harass Ryan Tannehill. Steelers, they need to win. The Ravens, they need to win. It doesn't guarantee them anything, but they can't do anything without winning their respective games. Tyler Huntley starting for the Baltimore Ravens. The Jets season over. The Bills win and they win the division. I mean, this is just like your classic Bills-Jets game that you get at almost any point over the last last three years so the Bengals uh, they need a miracle to get the bye they're locked into the playoffs Joe Burrow is not playing he is out Brandon Allen will be starting this game Case Keenum is going to be starting with the for the Browns their season's over as well 49ers are a, in a win and in situation against the Rams uh, who do have things to play for with division home field everything on the line ditto for the Cardinals who are hosting the Seahawks whose season is over and then the Sunday night game obviously it's a win and in situation for the Chargers and Raiders so those are the specific scenarios that we're looking at for each of the team just to get a better sense of what's going on with them for individual incentives shout out to Jacob Helix who ended up tweeting this out from the user Twisted34 at r slash sportsbook uh, on Reddit for tweeting these out. But I'm just you know going to read these out, throw them up on the screen for you. AJ Green needs 10 catches for 250K, 75 yards for another 250K. And that's interesting because when you look at the ownership, a lot of high-end Cardinals this week in terms of the ownership projections. AJ Green is not one of them. And I don't want to sit here and tell you that because he needs, I mean, he's probably not going to get 10 catches. 75 yards does seem doable, though. But it's not like they're going to be forcing him the ball to get his incentive. If there was anything I was going to play on, this would be teams that don't have anything to play for. that are trying to get their guys and the players coming together. But Gronk needs seven catches to earn half a mil and 85 receiving yards to earn another half mil. That's actually pretty believable because obviously Antonio Brown is cut. Godwin's not playing. So it's really just Evans, Perriman, and you know our guy Cyril Grayson and Scotty Miller. Like Gronk's going to be a big part of this game against the Panthers. I don't see why he couldn't get to that. Burke, Russ, <laughs> Rex Burkhead needs 103 total yards and 30% of the snaps this weekend to hit another 125k the 30% of snaps I can see uh, but the Texans run defense or the Titans run defense actually is quite good they limit a lot of running back so 103 total yards he's probably gonna need to do it through the receiving game or just have one of those games like he had two weeks ago and say against a far 
far, far less superior Chargers run defense. Tyler Heineke is starting, if he's starting. Uh, he's going to start. He needs 30, 60% of the snaps to earn 125K. Be a nice bump for him. Cup can break two single-season records with 12 catches and 136 yards. They do need this win. That's obviously their best path to winning this game is to feed Cup over and over. Mike Evans needs 54 yards. They hit 1,000 for the eighth straight season, something he had mentioned a year ago that was very important to him. Jamar Chase needs 45 receiving yards to break the rookie receiving yards record. No Burrow in this game, so you might see Chase play until this record is broken, and then he's out. Pitts needs 59 receiving yards to break the tight end rookie record. Mark Andrews needs 141 receiving yards to set the single-season tight end receiving record. And then you have a bunch of quarterbacks who could get to 5,000 yards. Brady only needs 10. He's going to get there. Stafford, Herbert, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, who's not playing, and Patrick Mahomes all need between 352 and 431 passing yards to hit 5,000. Jalen Waddell only needs three receptions to break the rookie record. So not that this has a ton to do with DraftKings picks, obviously, but... I always find it somewhat interesting to go look at to see who needs what and what we need to do and what they need to do and if their teammates are going to be at their side or not going into the games to see if they can get them to these bonuses. But let's get into the running back situation. Let's start with the ownership this week. And obviously the projections can change because news can change at any moment. That's why I started doing this in a quicker version on Saturdays over anything else. I have Jonathan Taylor projected way above all of the other running backs in terms of both points and ownership that's going to come along with it. Although he's still probably a pretty solid play here against the Jags, even at elevated ownership. Uh, David Montgomery and Sony Michelle are like two and three, probably. Uh, they're on a tier down. And then the next three are going to be like James Connor without Chase Edmonds, Devont or Donta Foreman, Devin Singletary against the Jets. Although the Bills get up big in this game, I can see them resting Singletary. I don't think that's gonna happen, but it's on the table. So when we try to think about leverage plays, we think about what is what player appears in the optimal lineups the most? Obviously, this week, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. I don't think anyone's going to really challenge that. David Montgomery at $6,800 is second by the Run the Sims projections this week. Projections will be updated again after inactives are released at 1135. So these aren't finalized as of yet. That's why you need the membership at runthesims.com. Only 100 bucks from now through the Super Bowl, and you can use them for the weekend slates. It's a showdown simulator, and it's all completely customizable to use the optimizer and the player projections as well. Uh, which are really easy to use and you can insert VIG to see if anything's a good bet or not. So runthesims.com for that. So it's Taylor Montgomery, Dalvin Cook, and then Najee Harris is well below that um, when we think about like, actually, let me let me say that again. Let me go back to that again. Taylor Montgomery, Dalvin Cook, Singletary, Donta Foreman. So the optimal rates for these players this week, Taylor's up around 25%. Montgomery's around 23%. Uh, expect those two guys to be in a ton of lineups, probably paired together. And if we're trying to search out value on DraftKings, it's going to be Foreman because Foreman's $5,700. I don't necessarily trust Foreman, but the way that they've been using him, you probably can at this point and that's a really good price point then you have someone like james connor without chase edmonds who i mentioned at sixty three hundred dollars now we're getting into other guys so someone like devonta freeman is at fifty two hundred dollars he's pretty cheap he's going to be owned but he's not going to be chalk by any means uh, obviously he has gigantic upside in this game against the steelers who had been run all over until like last week uh over the past like five or six weeks or so i can see the ravens getting back to that if you wanted to fade the ravens Ravens running game. Devonta Freeman is a decent option. I was actually surprised to not see Rashad Penny burst off the page in terms of ownership this week. I get that his price is up at $6,500. And maybe you don't have the most faith in 
Rashad Penny. I, of course, do not. It is a fantastic matchup against the Cardinals. And it's kind of twofold. One, the Arizona run defense is god-awful, so that's one thing. The second part around it is... Pete Carroll's just going to keep running the entire time. It doesn't matter if he's down like 25 points. He's going to keep running. Penny's going to get his carries. When was the last time? Maybe Brashad Perriman in for the Tampa like two years ago, having a better late season run going into free agency to earn yourself a gigantic payday. That's what Rashad Penny is having right now. I thought a lot of people would just be going back to him blindly after winning everyone all the money a week ago. And I mean, this isn't to say that he's going to be 1% owned. It'll probably be like 10% owned or 8% owned or 11% owned. But that's still well below everyone else. Like, if you wanted to Montgomery pivot, he's $300 less. He's probably going to be, like, half the ownership. That's where I would be going this week. You could also potentially gamble on someone like Samaj Ryan, who's $5,300. I doubt we see a ton of Joe Mixon in this game or a ton of the Bengals starters. It's not the greatest spot, but, yeah, who knows? Maybe Nick Chubb is someone else you could go with. He's pretty expensive, obviously, at $7,900. But they might be thrown at a skeleton defense against the Bengals right now. Uh, for the Bengals and then you have Case Keenum starting so it could be handoff city and we just know the big play potential of Nick Chubb that there's gonna be so many games where he's just not going to be worth his price point at $7,900 simply because he's gonna end up with like you know two catches for eight yards if he doesn't score a touchdown he's like 17 for 89 which is like a great game but then you get the Nick Chubb games where it's like oh he's 21 for 164 and two touchdowns it's like okay here we go this feels like one of those games uh as the season is completely lost for the Browns right now you could also have like the goon dare Agubon Bob just call him dare for Jack Jacksonville, $5,200. Uh, we saw him not quite get to the upside because obviously he didn't score a touchdown, but had he scored a touchdown against New England, he would have had like 20 DraftKings points. So like Freeman and, and Dare are down there. You could potentially roll out DeAndre Swift against the Packers. I don't love that situation because they claimed he was completely healthy last week and then just didn't give him the ball. I think that Penny is the guy in that mid-range that I would be shooting for this week. Sony Michelle is another one because I just, I don't expect Cam Akers to play that much. Uh, obviously, no Daryl Henderson in this game. And then you see someone like Sony Michelle. His optimal rate isn't super high, but if you can continuously run on the Niners, it's going to be a decent situation. The other one to look at is probably $5,000. And before we know who's exactly active and who's not, is Michael Carter against the Bills. Uh, it seems like a big catch-up spot. Zach Wilson's been better with his dump-offs as of late. He's not throwing as many picks. They seem to want to rely on the run game when they get in close. And they can't just give the ball to Berrios anymore. He's on injured reserve. So $5,000 he has passed concussion protocol against the Bills. It's not a great spot but if you didn't want to pay up for like the super high-end chalky guys penny would be my favorite quote-unquote pivot play because he's not a super duper pivot but he's far less chalky than a lot of the guys in his range specifically david montgomery and then you can go down to michael carter or devonta freeman in that range at running back if you really wanted to that's the way that i would be trying to play it this week to try to get a little bit different because it's almost the same as on the betting side is that week 18 is just such a mystery to everyone because you don't know exactly what's going on um, with a lot of these guys in the backfield and how what incentive the starters have to play so that's the way that i would be approaching it this time around Wide receivers for the week. No uh, big surprise that Cooper Cup is going to be by far the highest owned. Jeff Justin Jefferson, by far the second highest owned. Then you're into like, I don't know, guys that are good, but not great. Like Michael Pittman, Christian Kirk, Darnell Mooney are guys that I'm seeing pop up on the ownership list right now. That doesn't really do it for me. Like a, a chalky Christian Kirk, he can get to a thousand yards, maybe one of the quietest thousand yard seasons of all time, but 
I have all these chalk Cardinals, whether it be, I mean, when we get to tight end, you're going to see Zach Ertz is by far the highest owned tight end. I get that Christian Kirk isn't a really nice spot, but $6,000, a lot of money for Christian Kirk and who's been really up and down. Like why not take the shot on AJ Green who needs these incentives for one thing, if that's any sort of motivation, but he's basically just the same as Christian Kirk is. He's $600 cheaper. No one's playing him. So his, as he put it this way, his he, AJ Green appears in the optimal lineup 7.6% of the time. His optimal rate when you weigh it, weight it with ownership is like 5.3%. That's really good. That's one of the highest on the board for any receiver. Christian Kirk is actually in the negatives. He appears in the optimal around 10.5% of the time. So it's more than AJ Green, but his ownership rate is going to be like quadruple. So you know, when you flip a coin and try to run the projections and run the simulations on these guys, like their ceilings aren't incredibly different. Maybe that Christian Kirk is a little bit more consistent, but not significantly so. Not for that sort of ownership in a 1v1 situation with a guy on his own team. And you can box out a lot of the field and really have A.J. Green as a leverage play if that's the way that you wanted to go. I'm not saying you have to play A.J. Green. I don't think he's, like, that great of a play. But at the same time, um, it's, you know, it's, it's not a terrible situation to be in, too. So the other guys that we're looking at in terms of optimal rate this week, uh, no... No doubt that Cooper Cup is going to be number one. Then you have Mike Evans uh, at number two in terms of the optimal rate, 17%. Like, and this is assuming that the Bucs are going to play their guys, and that's not a gamble that anyone wants to make, which I really do think that the Bucs at home, I told you, I mean, Brady needs 10 yards to get 1,000, to get 5,000 for the year. You know, he puts up 400 like last week. All of a sudden, we're in the money. The problem is I just worry about Carolina putting up any sort of offense back at them, and then they can just run the ball the entire game. But if Brady wants to go out and get some numbers, he can get Gronk to his incentives. He can get Evans to 1,000 yards. That triple stack is not outrageous, and you can fill it in if you didn't want to use Evans with Perriman, or if you didn't want to use Gronk, you could use Perriman or Grayson or one of those guys, or you could just go Gronk, Evans, Brady. It's expensive. We just already talked about a few cheap running backs that you can insert into your lineup. DJ Moore is pretty high in the projected ownership list, pretty high on the optimal rate as well. Justin Jefferson, obviously going to be up there, uh, 12% optimal rate for him. That's right in the neighborhood of Christian Kirk and Michael Pittman and DJ Moore. They, the guys that I talked about that there's a reason that people are using them. They are good plays, but you also have to consider their sort of consistency. Like are people really going to play Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman in the same lineup in the GPP? I think not. So that's going to affect someone's ownership in the bottom line. Maybe the people that use Pittman use Cup and the people that don't use and use, yeah, if they use Cup, they'll probably end up paying up for Cup and not Jonathan Taylor and use Pittman with those. So I could see Cup and Pittman uh, being paired together in a lot of lineups here. But then you start getting into a few other guys. Like, listen, the Run the Sims optimizer is always going to love Jarvis Landry. I never loved Jarvis Landry, and fading him all year has really paid off because he's never had one of those ceiling games. But it'd be kind of funny if it finally happened for him. Uh, let's see, Jalen Waddle also projects out pretty well just based on the receptions. But then you have someone like Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin's $6,200. It's not a bad price. Uh, no one's going to be really using Terry McLaurin. He's burned everyone. Just no one wants to touch that game. It's a really nice situation for him, just like A.J. Brown against the Texans. Like, the ownership is pretty good, uh, but the optimal rate's right around 10%, so I can see using him. When we're talking about points per dollar, uh, if D.J. Moore ends up sitting or Robbie Anderson is out with this quad issue, she, Smith, is already out. Someone like Brandon Zilstra is the absolute min against the Bucs. Uh, you know, he gets his one catch per week, but maybe he's more involved this week. That could be a potential spot to use him. Some of the Bills guys, like Gabe Davis is back. You can pair him with Josh Allen if you wanted to. I really don't hate that one. Like, the, the optimizer loves Chenault. I never loved Chenault. I'd probably rather 
Chicago to Treadwell. Uh, Marvin Jones is $4,300. Maybe you don't want too many Jags receivers this time around. Uh, Deontay Harris is down at $3,200 in a much better situation than he was a week ago, this time against Atlanta. Unless he gets paired up with A.J. Terrell, I would expect Marquez Calloway to suffer that fate. But if you can really determine who it's going, who Terrell is going to be, take the other guy in that situation. You, or maybe it'll be Traquan that he ends up on. Gone. It's probably not going to be Deontay Harris, and that's sort of the deep threat that Taysom likes to go to. And you can have the Falcons deep, and he's only $3,200. That's not a terrible situation to find yourself in. So there's enough going on in this game like if you didn't want to play Amon Ra St. Brown it does appear like Josh Reynolds is going to be back uh, he was a limited participant let's see here limited participant on Friday heading into the week 18 game so you have to make sure that he is playing obviously in the spot but he's $4,300 if you're looking for guys at the bottom to really secure your lineup like a lot of Amon Ra St. Oh, listen he's by far the better play of the two he's also significantly more expensive so if that's the route that you want to take then you can find other ways to get get around it at tight end this week i mentioned zach Ertz and zach Ertz. cole Komet is probably going to earn some ownership as well uh kittle jonathan bates filling in for both ricky seals jones and logan thomas uh, we know heineke likes to check down heineke mclaurin john bates i didn't even mention antonio gibson who if active it should be a pretty good play against the giants too you can kind of pick your washington footballer at a value that you want this week just spin the spin the wheel and hopefully it comes up on your guy but Gerald Everett's another one who people might use, but it really seems like it's Ertz, Komet, and that's kind of it at the tight end position this week in terms of like galvanized chalk in that situation. So when we're thinking about the optimal rate, Ertz is the one who pops the most. Then it's Kittle. Uh, Pat Fryermuth against Baltimore is up there as well. Um, I mean, his optimal score is pretty high um, and his leverage rate is pretty high too. He is $4,600. So you're not getting away with much on that end. I mean, Mark Andrews, Justin Jefferson is expensive. He's going to be chalk. Jonathan Taylor is expensive. He is going to be chalky. Cooper Cup is super expensive. He's going to be chalky. Those three guys are going to suck up a ton of ownership, and that's leaving the Nick Chubbs of the world, the Mark Andrews of the world, coming in criminally under-owned this week. Like, we see what the upside with Mark Andrews is, especially with Huntley, a quarterback. Like, the Ravens have one third down play if they're passing. Just kind of chuck it in Andrews' general vicinity, and hopefully he catches the ball, and it kind of works. So against this Steelers defense, it can be had by tight ends. So I, I don't mind him in this spot. The other one is Gron. $6,300. Again, not drawing a ton of ownership. None of these Bucks guys are. And maybe people are right on this one. They've sniffed it out and said that these guys are not going to play. I just, I think that they are going to play. So those would be, I would think about paying up this week at tight end uh, would be kind of my move here. Bates, if you're going to pay down, he's 3000 bucks. Uh, I think that he's a better play than Cole Komet at $3,400. I just like him in the spot against the Giants, if that's the way that you want to roll it out as the one-off salary-saving guy. I do think that there are other places, obviously, where you can save money this week, but $3,000 allows you to get to the very top of the board. Maybe... You want to go with the Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Conklin stack. Conklin is up to $4,200. Uh, I still think I would rather have the upside of KJ Osborne in that game if I was going to go for the triple stack or maybe even mix in some Dalvin Cook with Justin Jefferson. Just go Vikings ultimate stack uh, and try to figure it out that way. Probably won't end up doing that. But that was just a, a thought that occurred to me as I'm talking this through. Uh, ownership at quarterback this week. There are two above all, and that's really it. Uh, it's Kyler Murray and Taysom Hill. Josh Allen's probably going to garner some as well. Uh, Trey Lance, if he starts, is probably going to be popular, once again, just based on the running upside. 
but really that's what I'm kind of seeing at the moment. Huntley might end up edging up there as well. I like playing Tyler Huntley. I mean, he gives you that dual threat. Not He's not necessarily a running quarterback, but he runs enough. That's a big part of the Baltimore offense is the quarterback taking off to pull up those safeties that he can hit the deep guys. So he's going to have to have some designed runs and he's come through for us. So you know, people have rarely lost money so far this year playing Tower Huntley at his price point. He's only $5,700. That's not bad. Like I like him more like points per dollar wise, like Case Keenum is going to rate out really highly. I just don't know if I love that all so much. Like Case Keenum's $4,800. I'd rather play Heineke at 54 and roll the dice on him. They absolutely beat the shit out of the Giants because the Giants suck what are they playing for nothing they might quit halfway through the game Washington at least seems like a proud football team who's going to try out there so again this game I mean I'm going to have to play a McLaurin Bates ugh, Heineke stack at least that I can pay up for the studs at the other positions and eat some chalk but ugh feels really grimy doing that I, I don't necessarily love it then you have like Jimmy G Jimmy G is going to be basically unowned at this point, but the situation against the Rams, I mean, it could be good uh, if he doesn't get picked off 80,000 times, but we'll see how that ends up going. As an underdog, you should expect a lot of passing attempts from him in that game as well. Um, not really focusing too much on individual quarterbacks. It's just going to be stacks that I'm concerned about, and I do like that Brady stack, and Brady looks like he's coming in pretty low-owned. So uh, ride or die, I've won most of my money, even last week, where obviously the, the Burrow chase stack really paid off, especially when you had Berrios going along for the ride with it and Daryl Williams coming back the other way. But I won a bunch of money with my Brady stacks last week too. So I wasn't too off put by it. Now, obviously Berrios was the bring back in all of those, but Brady had a fantastic game. It just got overshadowed that a lot of Brady lineups did not have Jamar Chase in them. So they didn't end up at the very top of the leaderboard. They were still very profitable lineups. Defense, let's take a look here. Bills and Browns are going to be the two highest owned. At least to me, that's the way that it kind of looks like at the moment. Washington could filter their way up there at $3,100. People like the Browns because they're only $2,600. Because the pricing came out before Joe Burrow uh, was announced that he was probably either going to sit. Now he's officially out, so with a knee problem. So the Browns defense actually sets up quite well. They're super cheap, but I'm never one to lump on to the chalky lower price defense. I, I think you can kind of almost roll the dice on a lot of these. So if you need the salary savings, we'll just go to the bottom and see what we're up against. The Jets against Buffalo. Don't love it per se, but Josh Allen just made the Atlanta defense some pretty good coin last week. So for the bare men, I like them better than I like the Jags. I like them better than I like the Dolphins. The Lions at $2,400 is somewhat appealing. I still might like the Jets and their pressure rate a little bit more. So for ultimate savings of the very low end, I would like the Jets the best. The Texans at $2,600, I also kind of like, but they have to get up in that game, which is always a big ask against them. The other stack that you could potentially play is like Brendan Cooks, Davis Mills, and bring it back with Donta Foreman. That'd be a weird stack to go into, but that's where the Texans situation could be because then you're just playing catch up with the Texans. You don't want to play the defense in that scenario, but you're playing catch up with the Texans and run the ball with the Titans. And that seems to be with the filter going through a lot of these guys right now. Uh, the 49ers against the Rams. I mean, they have no secondary, but they might be able to harass Matt Stafford. And like we mentioned last week, the Ravens defense, which really came through is that Stafford will just throw you the ball three or four times during the game. Can you be fortunate enough to bring it back for six? The Ravens were 
Maybe the 49ers can be as well. It looks like their defensive line is going to be intact. So that's not a terrible situation at $2,900. I wouldn't expect them to be too popular in this spot. The Vikings D is $2,900. They'll be used, but not incredibly highly owned. And going against Andy Dalton, you can do a whole lot worse than that, especially with their pass rush. After that, like, I don't know how much I really want to go to the very top of the board. The Bucks are missing a whole bunch of guys from the run defense. That could be a very slow game because that's what Carolina is going to try to do is run the ball, milk the clock. So if Brady plays and gets up in that spot, maybe the Bucks defense could be great, but nah, I don't want that. Falcons against the, where are they at? We're stupid Atlanta. Atlanta is 2,800 bucks against New Orleans. Again, that, that projects to be a very run heavy game. I don't love it. So it'd be the Jets, the Texans, the Vikings. Yeah, those three. I think is where I'm going to go for defense this week to save all the monies and try to, I mean, if I can pair one of these defenses with that Texan stack or the Washington football team stack, then, you know, Jonathan Taylor and Cooper cup can be on that team, which is just fantastic news. Also helps me. If I do the Brady stack, these sorts of guys will help me you know, balance it out that I don't need to go just absolute scumming and play like Deontay Harris and John Bates in every lineup with those guys in order to make it work at the same time. So I can play still a relatively balanced lineup. If I do cheap, out at defense, which, you know, I think that most people do every single week. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience Week week 18. DraftKings picks and ownership, prizepicks.com, code MMN to get yourself that match deposit. Highly recommend it. Get in the system now. You can still play in the props pool this week, too. $7.11 to play. You can get that bonus 50 bucks along with 10 times your money if you end up going 5 for 5 this week. Michael Carter, over rushing yards. Justin Jackson, over rushing yards. Are my two top plays on prize picks this week. And then the golf, one and done, fantasygolfchampionships.com. Highly recommend you play, even if you're golf curious or don't even like golf, but just like to get in a really good pool. This is the one. It's low intensity. You can set up text alerts so it gets texted to your phone. Hey, I can make my pick in less than 10 seconds. You'll be good to go. $50,000 to first place. You could do worse. FantasyGolfChampionships.com. Smash a like on the way out. Sub to the newsletter. Sub to Mayo Media Network. And I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.